0: I'm rubbing my my mic output. Can you hear this? Three, two, one.
1: Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? We do. We do. Who needs a mixtape? You do. You do. Who makes a mixtape? We do. We do. Who needs a mixtape? Our mixtape, where's the room? Come along and laugh with our mixtape.
2: So come on
1: and listen to our mixtape. Sing along and clap to the
3: beat. Settle in and listen to our mixtape. And now the music finishes.
2: Enjoy your four jump sandwiches.
4: What's up, mixtape family? I'm
2: Jason Emmett. Hello. I'm Twisted kid <laughs> Matt because Kevin is still muted. Kev. Kevin.
3: I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I promise. Sorry, guys. Jesus. This is Casey Masterpiece. Oh, my
4: God. <laughs> what the hell happened? It has begun.
3: I don't really like my friends.
4: So uh, we're here tonight with some really cool stuff, and we're not going to talk for a really long time because we have a really long but really awesome interview, and I say long and before any of you leave, you need to stick around because it's with Andre Gower from Monster Squad. Hell Matt, yeah. Matt and I a few weeks back got to talk with Andre, and the only reason it even took us this long to get this episode out is because we got yeah. to talk to Andre. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, yeah. We talked to Andre for about three hours. Matt and I didn't know. We're not giving you a three-hour yeah. interview. We we may put more like down the line because we have just yeah. that much that we talked to him about. Could be but a part two, there could be, it might be, probably will and, be.
2: And if if you know me personally, listeners out there, uh, you know, I can tend to go on uh <laughs> verbal strolls, if you will. He does, he's Tangent. verbal
3: strolls,
2: yeah. Okay. So, a couple of those happened, and uh, sorry, Jay. When, I didn't, I didn't
4: when Matt tells the out. story, um, I tell a story, there's a lot of detail, you'll feel like you're there. <laughs>
5: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: He's like, there was this guy, and he was wearing a Voltron shirt. I think it was vintage 1985. Was the right cuff was a little scuffed up, and there was yeah.
2: <laughs> no I didn't get uh, that detail. <laughs> <laughs> just like, hey man, I like your shirt. You want the story now? <laughs> no, <talking> again. <laughs> um, I gave
4: him a card. But, but Andre was as we should. Andre was great, and it, of course we geeked out. But he was just—he's just a really cool guy. As you're gonna hear in the interview. I mean, like he's. It was just really easy to sit and BS with him because he's like, I mean, he acts just like us. He has all the same, like, he has the personality traits that we just all clicked. We really did, and it was a lot of fun. Um, It's almost
2: like we're from the same generation.
4: (laughs) I know, right? Weird. And that we love all the same things, like monster movies and Stephen King and shit, which we do. Um, And we get into all that, which is, it was wonderful. It was a great time. He's a really cool dude, and we highly recommend it. We talk about it. In the episode, but uh, go listen to Wolf or go watch Wolfman's Got Nards. Watch the Monster Squad again, if you even if you've seen it a hundred times, because you probably just it's a good night. Just go watch it because you need to see the Monster Squad. Gives you a little
2: warm fuzzy feeling. It really does.
4: Matt talks a little bit about crying a lot. Like Matt cries a lot in in, in weird movies.
2: A lot of things, yeah. Wow. Toy Story 3, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Monster Squad, apparently. Yeah, Monster Squad. uh, The episode of Glee where they reference Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, my
4: God, Uh, Matt. Why did you? (laughs)
1: I'll give you a list, man. You just did.
4: (laughs) um, (laughs) Did you say Predator? Predator. Yeah. Yep, he said predator. predator. Remember
1: that scene? And when every, he looks at him and he goes, You're one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> just just, why up. would he say that to uh, the Predator? It's oh not nice. He was just trying doesn't, to defeat his family.
5: Doesn't he realize the Predator has feelings? Yeah.
1: Huh. <laughs> predator.
4: He says.
5: Predator's
3: got Nards, okay? Oh, my got Nards. I don't
4: want to see I thought you were going to say, Oh my god, god I, I want to see, no, wanna see, say, oh my god, wanna see those. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, can't wait to see those mandible like, testicles. Like, on that the is predators.
4: disturbing.
2: Jeez. Hey, we got
4: like, oh. dreadlock pubes. <laughs> oh god, dude, <laughs> <laughs> why do you gotta take it there?
3: You took it. I usually take it to another
4: level. Another this time. Matt was getting filthy. Jeez. Hey, uh, we got some really cool shit coming up. I uh, just want to let you guys know some really oh, yeah, cool, we do. some really cool uh, interviews. Matt, Matt, just say his name, because you know I'm not going to get it right.
2: Uh, are, are we? Yeah. Sure. We want to announce it this early.
4: 100. percent right. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, we are actually going to be sitting down to record an interview with Art Alexakis from Alex Everclear.
4: I don't know why At I can't the, get that. Dad, from from, from the dad from Webster from Everclear
2: or Good Times. <laughs> good
4: he's times. he's from the band Everclear, and this is kind of a really like. Lately, we've got to talk to people that I've just been nerding out about. Everclear is a band that I absolutely adore, and uh, as fate would have it, they were they were here in town, and uh, Stewie D and I went and saw him last night, along with Fastball and the Nixons. It was an awesome concert. Um, he's a really cool dude, and he did something at the show, which we we won't have a we don't have a long time with him, um, so.
2: We'll I can't, have a good time.
4: I can't bring up everything I want or else I would and if I get the, the chance I'm gonna ask him so he did something at the show last night which every time I've ever seen um, any artist do this it's actually made me like them even more and uh, someone someone up at the front of the stage collapsed and he like stopped everything and he ran to the edge of the stage and all he's like we need help and like all the people, like a bunch of his people, ran the and they like wouldn't he wouldn't start again until they got the guy up and made sure he was okay. And that's awesome. Yeah, I think that I think that's wonderful. I know uh, Billy Eilish did that. Like I, I just think it's like it's respectful. It's like These are a lot. It's their fans, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah. he's no ASAP Rocky. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. What?
3: <laughs> Remember, I mean that one dude, ASAP Rocky. Uh, I think you mean you know, Travis but, Scott. <laughs> oh sorry 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 to rocky. Like, yeah. uh, asap rocky yeah uh, Rocky. i'm sure
2: you're probably a good guy yeah. Nobody has died at your travis scott did it know. and
4: then oh, billy my God. then like a week later billy eilish stopped her concert and said we don't move on like until i know my fans are okay and then kanye of course had to open his mouth and come out and call tried to call tell her she Owed Travis Scott an apology and she's like, I'm not apologizing to shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was great. Um, like
2: we're all millionaires, he can suck it.
4: But it was cool, man. He he the guy who apparently he was like, That dude's blackout drunk, but he got his name and later, like a little bit later in the show, he goes, This one goes out to Brian, who I hope made it home okay tonight. <laughs> it was just really cool. <laughs> um the other thing that's really cool about him, uh, he was wearing a shirt last night w- which said, "I'm not drunk, I just have multiple sclerosis," which he he does, and he's been talking yeah. a lot about that recently. And I, he just seems like a really cool dude, and um, I'm pretty stoked to, to to be able to talk to him. So that's coming up. That'll be here in a week or so. Um, we have a couple other really cool interviews. We have some more regular fun shows lined up. You guys seem to be really getting in, go figure. You're listening to the mixtape and you like our mixtape episodes. We have a yeah. whole bunch of those planned. I've got some really interesting ones planned that I think the guys are going to really enjoy. A couple so, boring ones, but you know, yeah, yeah, we got some boring done. ones. I mean, <laughs> but, but <laughs> hopefully you guys are enjoying everything. Please share the uh,
2: slow jams of the '80s. Oh, that's a good one. That might
4: actually be. Pretty
2: That's a cool. really You're good. Bad. We gotta yeah. add that to the list. i to oh, write wow. that down. <laughs> jock jams. Oh, fucking jock jams. Oh, That's yeah. a good one too. It's just the album <laughs> Jock jams. That's
3: all it is. And it's You're really fun. Songs by Kenny G.
4: What? What? <laughs> songs by Kenny G. Just, we both, We all just do our Kenny G. Top ten slide
2: whistle
1: compositions. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> slide whistle compilations.
4: <laughs> um, so, yeah, <laughs> you've totally <laughs> lost my train of thought, uh, but we do, and it, it was. it's really fun. It was really fun getting you guys involved in the last episode, so we're going to do that more. Yeah. We're going to put the word out when we've got one coming up, so you guys can give us what you would put on your mixtapes as well. And Matt's been putting together those playlists for all of those, yep. which are up on Spotify. Uh, here live right now. Here soon. We're working on it. It's just taking me some time. We're going to have links to all those Spotify lists on our website, so you can just click right on them and go over there and listen to them that way, which might make your life a little easier if you're into them. And while you're at the
2: website, we've got merch. You should should get some. Nice. You should get some. Uh, Yeah, get yourself some swag. If you you ask real nice, I might try to figure something out about the hats, because apparently those are getting a lot of recognition.
4: Well, you can, I mean, people can order life. them. We can, uh, I guess we can, uh, yeah. we could put links I'm, I'm up.
2: I'm thinking of uh, getting something set up. Locally. Oh,
4: yeah. Do that. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. He's it's right, really though. Cool. We do have merch over there. You can go over there and check that out. The other stuff we got over there, one of the really cool things. The site's been updated recently. Uh, but yeah, one of the, it's
2: really cool, actually.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it. It, it's a lot better. <laughs> like I've been trying to clean it up and change it up it a little bit. It, it spins, does spin. It spins. Uh, we also got links to, um, past episodes, like, especially if you just want to go hear an interview and you don't, you know, you just want to click on it and go directly to it. You can do that there. Um, you'll see upcoming guests that we have coming up. So that's kind of nice. You can go over there and see, oh, look, these are people they are going to be talking to. And I think we're going to start updating. There's going to be a part, uh, up there soon that'll tell you what the next like upcoming episodes are going to be in case you want to contribute, you know? So, yeah. and you can contribute, you can email us. Uh, your mixtape podcast at gmail.com you can uh you can leave us a voicemail that'd be awesome matt do you want to tell them what that number is
2: i sure will that number is 513-437-2377 or 513-ERAD77 <laughs> For all your podcasting needs, uh,
3: so kick those nasty thoughts. Twitter's k- no, taken off. Trying to change it up from the last
4: time. <laughs> Twitter's taken off. Mix underscore tape underscore pod. If you want to go over there and follow us, uh, we follow that. We're friends with a lot of other podcasts over there. So if you're ever looking for recommendations of good shows, Twitter's a good place. Of course, we have shows that we can recommend. You know, we tell you the same ones all the time. Not a bomb. Hey, you guys. Uh, Scream Queens with a Z, these are all shows that we 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 know and love, uh, but recently I was introduced to a new show, and um, I've been talking to the guys, and I'm like, we've, we've got to talk about you here on the show, so we're going to do that real quick, the show's called Behind the Funny, if you guys, like, we've just, I sort of hit it off with them, they're, uh, they're a couple of, basically they're a couple of comedians, okay, From across Um, the pond. No, they're not from across the pond. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm sure there's a pond between us
3: and them, Yeah, yeah. There's probably a couple ponds. I'm sure there's a great lake (laughs) between us. So
4: The the hosts of the shows are very much American. It's Scott Higgins and Ace. Ace, uh, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Ace Ace, Aceto? Ace Aceto? Any, just call him Ace. Um, They've been stand-up comics for like years they've been standing up in front of people making them laugh if you combine their time together it's probably like over 50 years of doing stand-up uh, and what's really cool about the show is they go behind the scenes of you know comedy and what they think is funny and they sit down uh with headliners with uh, with comedians new and old like people who've been at it for a long time people who are kind of fresh at it they sit down with comedy writers uh they sit down with them and they talk to him about their career. And it's really interesting. And a lot of times they're like at the clubs afterwards, like sitting down with them. Um, and I, like, I just listened to an episode where, uh, I wish I, I should have taken the guy's name down, but they speak to a guy that has been doing it for a long time. It was actually, he's been on episodes of Seinfeld and all these different things. And dude was just really funny and charming. And it's a really good show. Like, you know, they the, the show sounds good. These guys know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. It's really cool. So, behind the funny, really good show. I recommend it to anyone. Uh, you can find them on Twitter. Uh, I think they're uh, BTF Pod over on Twitter, so you can find them over there. We follow them, so you can always find them through us. Uh, and of course, you can find their show everywhere you can find out or find podcasts, just like you can us. You know, so your Spotify's, your your uh, Pandora's, and all that, your Apples and all that shit. So. Go check them out. Uh, basically, we've just been talking a lot, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm going to shout you guys out on the show because I really like the show and they're funny guys." So go check them out. Uh, check out all our friends, uh, and then while you're checking all them out, make sure you tell them, "Hey, you look good," and then go leave us a review because yeah. you should. And, and we then would tell appreciate us it. we look good, even if we don't, because we, we need the praise. <laughs> we need the praise. Yeah.
2: We need that boost boost sometimes we're just feeling down and we need somebody to kind of go hey man we just feel down that ass looks good I'll just be like all right thanks man. back that it. ass up all right yeah so there you go because you was a big fine woman
4: oh my god Come on, back
2: that you, you started it
4: <laughs> that's not what i said oh my god my wife just snuck up behind me and touched my back while i'm recording and scared the shit out of me and i'm leaving why that in do that it scared do the, that, scared the shit out of my side. why you do that melissa Scared, Why? Why do scared, you do that? Scared me half to death.
2: Why you make Jay shit himself? <laughs> Shut up, man! <Matt. laughs> <laughs> all
4: right, so uh, let's go ahead and kick off the interview with Andre. Uh, we'll come back and close out the show after that, and uh, really, you've just got an hour of goodness with Andre Gower from the Monster Squad. And for all of you out there who listen to the show, I know you're like in the age group and everything, so you're going to enjoy this interview. So okay. let's go ahead and kick that off, and then we will be right back after this you know who to call when you have ghosts but who
0: do you call when you have monsters we're the monster squad
1: what's a squad it's like miami vice i think
4: they're young and inexperienced
1: Naughty virgins! They're a bit disorganized. Monsters are not real. We don't know that, sir. 2,000-year-old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves!
3: But when strange things start happening in town...
1: There's a monster in my closet. Ooh, Look at that big, scary monster! What's happening? You the a werewolf.
5: Silver bullet?
0: They're the only ones ready to do battle.
1: Something's down there and killing people! Monsters. Nobody's going to do a thing about it but us. Uh, we the, of the, night, the wow. monsters? Uh, us? Midnight. In the world, remember? Maybe we can be like Mass Squad and Stitch, you know? Two mask bombs. We got a <laughs> Squad. The book is right. Don't you see it's all true?
3: By midnight,
1: you guys. They won't seem so young anymore. the it, go it! The Monster Squad. Wolfman's gone.
2: Jay, would you like to introduce our guest here today? Well, of
4: course I would because this is kind of a big deal for us. Honestly, um, we talk to a lot of people here. Uh, we kind of go after people that are kind of iconic or hold like a special place to us because that's you know that's what we're in, we're into. We assume that's what our listeners like as well. As kids growing up, you kind of had those the hierarchies. You know, the the like these are the movies we like. We want these to be our lives. These are the coolest people we know and. The two highest ones got to be the Goonies and the Monster Squad, right? I mean, that's what every kid wanted to be, and luckily we get to talk to Andre Gower tonight, and that's kind of a big deal for us. So uh, we appreciate you. having you here, man.
0: <laughs> well, that's uh, that's certainly a nice intro, and glad to be here. Uh, <laughs> if, if if I'm a big deal in your life, we got to work on something. So yeah, we got to uh, we got to figure something out for you to get you better. better better uh better achievements than just me but uh, no <laughs> yeah. i'm just kidding i uh, I appreciate that lot, and man. it's uh it, it and you know what's interesting because you mentioned goonies and monster squad and you know over the last you know now it's been 10, 10 or so years is realizing that um, you know it's it's really not about me or us it's about those movies and the characters and the stories you know i just happen to get lucky enough to be one of those and so therefore you are a part of that fabric you know uh you know as as that person which is awesome and it's just been really interesting how movies such as monster squad and such as goonies plus other things whatever it is for other people uh you know make a giant impact on people and stick with you and that would that's certainly something um that was interesting to you know, learn more about over the last, you know, few years, and then also realize that you are part of something like that for a great, great number of people. And, um, you know, it's, it's just sort of um, a very interesting kind of um, interrogation of that. And, you know, you just—it's—it's uh, it's just very cool to be a part of that. So I appreciate you saying that, and and glad we're here to talk about whatever silly stuff we're gonna <laughs> chat
1: about.
4: We will get yeah. silly. That's what we do. Yeah. Oh yes. i am very uh, good at this. I'll tell you right now, yeah. I, I've been rubbing, ru- rubbing it. I've been rubbing Excuse it me. in. Shut up, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I've been rubbing it in Matt's face uh, for a while now. A few weeks back, I got to meet Sean Aston, and that yeah, was that yeah. was a big deal. And then he's like, "Hey, guess what? Andre said he's going to be on the show." I'm like, "Oh my god!" It's like, as <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so you've had a twofer here, yeah, the, in, the, in the last couple. The weeks. young <laughs> me, the young kid me, is like dying inside a little bit. So it's, it's right. Weird.
0: Where where did you uh, meet Sean at?
4: So I'm in Cincinnati, and he came oh. into town recently, and uh, he actually gave a a. Uh, uh, speech on uh, mental health and and kind of went over his childhood and and some some of the things he experienced and then we got to meet him uh, afterwards and it, he was he was really great it was uh he was just doing a meet and greet and then he stuck around for just a select few that hung out and like he signed my fun co-pop and it was really cool oh very cool yeah it was, it was yeah really
0: cool. that's a, you know it's that's something different than just like a convention appearance or a screening yeah, or something yeah. that sounds that sounds cool I'm glad he got to do that and people got to enjoy that. Sean's great. You know, it's, uh, uh, we were pals growing up. Uh, I think he's a year or two older. Uh, I was actually uh, a better friend and closer friends with his brother.
5: Oh, with okay. McKenzie. McKenzie. And, yeah. you know, Mac and,
0: I are, Mac and I are still pals. Like we text every once in a while and see each other when we can. And, uh, you know, it's, those were always uh, two nice kids growing up. So, uh, I'm glad they're still out there making people have fun.
4: Yeah. And it was, it was a great speech too. Like I said, it was nice that, it's nice when when, you know, somebody takes their kind of stardom and says, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to address some social issues and things like that." And it's it's always nice to see. So, it was a good time. Absolutely. Enjoy good, good, time. good. Yeah, good for him. But well, we're not here to talk about Sean Aston.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not. Oh, apparently, RGs. <laughs>
4: Listen, Matt, so, we'll have this conversation. We'll talk to you in a little bit, okay? <laughs> Okay,
2: fine. Thanks. All right, I'll, I'll just hang back here. No, but like, uh, legitimately wearing a Monster Squad shirt as we speak. You know, just you know, nerding out right now a little bit. But whatever.
0: Well, that's okay. Well, uh, which shirt? Which shirt is it?
2: Well, funny you should mention that. Um, so, I am actually friends with Sam over at Monsters Are Good.
0: Oh, and, uh, Sam's my man.
2: Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll tell him he said so, and I'll make sure he tunes into this. But uh, I'm actually wearing the uh, the shirt that they did for the uh, fundraiser for you so the one that was oh. uh, frankenstein or frankenstein's yeah. monster correction yeah. Yep, yeah so wearing that one right now i was actually oh, man. from Appreciate what sam that. told me i was the first person to buy it so <laughs> yep well you I'm know with passion,
0: sam sam between sam and um like super Yaki and a couple others out there that mm-hmm. did stuff like that that was um i i don't even uh, you know, you saying that you're wearing that shirt. First of all, like monsters are good. Like I met Sam years ago. I think I met, did I meet him in Cincinnati or it was, it was, it was a convention. It was, um, it was a horror hound and it okay. was, um, but it was just, just north of Cincinnati. So it was like Cincinnati adjacent. It, it was, um, and it was a great show. And I don't know if I had met him before that. I know he was there and we traded. And uh, one of my favorite t-shirts of all time uh, is one of Sam shirts sure with the the kind of Frankenstein's monster's yeah. head bolts. with the lightning bolts that, yeah. uh, which is a cool shirt in and of itself. But it glows in the dark, which is one of my favorite yeah. things ever. <laughs> and uh, I wear that a lot in the documentary. Actually, for some reason, yeah. <laughs> I'm in that shirt a lot. And um, so, because uh, a lot of stuff happened on the road where you didn't take that much luggage, <laughs> so right. you're, you're wearing the same shit all the time. And it happened to be that. But I'm okay with that because that's a badass t-shirt. <laughs> yeah.
5: Um,
0: but, yeah, going back to my thoughts on, um, you know, people doing like T-shirts and fundraising when, you know, when my, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, the the incident. <laughs> on the, when want to come up with a good title for like a bad horror movie, like <laughs> The Incident on Court 5. Um, the, um, I, I don't even really know how to respond or or what to say except for you know i I try to boil it down to just a simple thank you because it just doesn't land um you know with kind of the response and the support you know people did without there and it's just something that's hard to um kind of digest and reconcile and, and quantify and i've determined that there is no quantifying it or qualifying it and Uh, It was just awesome. And it just, you know, the, the effort that, you know, we put into, you know, kind of like staying engaged or going out and meeting people or just having fun or going to screenings or signing autographs or taking photos, um, you know, is the bare minimum that we can do or that I can do really. And, you know, you get something response like that. It's just, it's, uh, uh, it's very, very uh, appreciated.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I look at it as I did something to help out, and I got a cool T-shirt out of the deal. That's true. So.
0: <laughs> That's always a win. Right? Hey, if I got oh, yeah. a cool T-shirt, I'm good. Well,
2: I think. I, think <laughs> I, helped, <laughs> I helped somebody out and got a cool T-shirt. So. I yeah, it was, I, it
4: was super awesome. I think, too, you get a lot of people that, like, I mean, it may sound silly to some people out there, but to a lot of us, movies were, they're, they're a huge deal, and certain ones, like I said, impact us a lot. So I think when people see, like, the opportunity, like, your movies might have helped people like growing up and when they get to a certain age and they're like, Hey, wait, wait, I can kind of pay it back. I can, I can show my appreciation. I think people are happy to do that sometimes. I think it's makes them feel like they're a part of something. And I I think that's important.
0: Yeah. And I think that's super important. Um, and that's rad. That's really cool perspective, uh, or, you know, point of view on that. So that's awesome. Um, and I, and I hope that is, uh, you know, kind of what the deal is. Cause I, I love, um, you know, hearing things like that and, uh, you know, the interaction and movies are important to people. Yeah. They're not just important to the people that watch them. They're important to the people that are in them. And the, you know, the, the most important movies and stuff to me are, not I'm, I'm not in them. You know, there are other people. <laughs> so I totally understand yeah. your, yeah. you know, your statement is, is completely true. Uh, you know, I was just sitting there talking on the phone to a friend today about, uh, you know, impact of movies and, and, and you know, what what should be watching or not watching and what your go-to movies are and things like that. And, uh, you know, just with random questions that you normally get, you know, in, in group conversations
4: or on podcasts, you know, things like that. Sure. Uh, we were talking about that very same thing. So what do you recommend right now?
5: Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> serious, <laughs> <this> <laughs> is a,
4: see, uh-oh, this, I just painted myself into a corner. Uh,
0: it, I, ha- I actually haven't watched a lot of uh uh new stuff in, in a while this last year has been a little kind of funky yeah uh, not only with uh you know the heart attack uh dealing with that the after the aftermath um because there was the heart attack and then there was the hospital and then there was which is kind of the same thing and then there, you know i call it like the heart attack uh, like the aftermath right you know it's like dealing with it figuring it out and, you know it's a little physical challenging it's a little mentally challenging is a little emotionally challenging sometimes. And uh, you just got to give yourself some time. And I didn't really watch a lot of stuff. Um, I didn't want to watch a lot. Of, I didn't watch anything new for a while. I haven't seen a new movie in a very long time. And, um, it, but I'm start I'm starting to watch some new stuff now, but I, 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 I tend to watch old stuff, yeah, you know, well, every once in a while. And I'm a TV junkie. That's the problem. Like I get on movie <laughs> podcasts and, uh, they asked, you know, what are your go-tos or what are your favorites this year? I was like, I, have I seen anything this year? It's like, I don't, know. Really, I'm not sure if I've seen anything this year. And they, go, I go, Oh, wait a minute. I have seen a movie this year. I saw the new bond and I saw everything
2: everywhere all at once.
4: Oh, I haven't seen it yet. So I've,
2: and I've, I've heard that's really, really I hear good. it's fantastic. I, if,
0: look for what it is. It's bonkers. Uh, speaking of Goonies, um, you know, yeah. and where I celebrate that is, I don't know where these guys come up with every single thought that the, the Daniels can have in their heads, but they're bonkers. And to put it together in a thing and then get the response from kind of like, you know, film Twitter that they have is, uh, is remarkable. Uh, but the remarkable thing that I really liked about that movie is, look, the movie was great, super enjoyable. Um, and if you haven't really seen it, like it, it, it boils down, you know, kind of, you know, life and 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 relationships and 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 people. You know, it's it's just about laundry and taxes. It's all it is. <laughs> and um, but my favorite takeaway from that movie was I, I I got even before I saw it. It was it was the fact that Kiwi Kwon has come back. Yeah, it's a, it's awesome. In, yeah,
4: that's wonderful. In
0: an absolutely phenomenal way. Uh, but I don't know why everybody's surprised. Like why, why is everybody always surprised? Cause I, you know, I'm, there's very few people on the planet. It's a very, you know, compared to you a know, global population, it's a, it's a very small number that can say they were former child stars and uh, you know, it's everybody equates people that they know when they first know them or first meet them. And everybody knows key as you know, data or either as, you know, short round. And they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe he was so good in this. World. Like, why can't you right. like, why can't he be awesome? Like a better question, why wouldn't he be awesome? And, you know, it always pains me a little bit because it hits home sometimes. And then, you know, you get some, you know, some wins out there, but you're like, well, you know, he, you know, he's been away for so long and hasn't done anything. I was like, yeah, you need to dive into that. Find out why he hasn't done anything in so long, (laughs) you know, listen to his interviews or listen to, you know, what, you know, the Daniels talk about, you know, finding him and making this movie. And, uh, I, I, I love when, um, I, I don't like the conversations sometimes because people are. The, I, I understand I have a little inside baseball and a little kind of biased opinion when it comes to you know kids in the business, but uh, you know I just celebrate the fact that he was awesome in it because he really was. And Michelle Yeoh is phenomenal. Yeah. I'm a huge Michelle Yeoh fan.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, you know with all her all of her stuff, but uh, I mean Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is one of my all time favorite films of all time, and she's so good in that and she's fabulous in this. Everybody's great in this movie, but hes it's so hard to do what they did in this movie and he absolutely nailed it. And I'm so glad because I hope he's a huge thing and I hope it, I hope he's not a huge thing. I hope he's just steady and doing stuff that he enjoys that's good for him for the next 20 years because of this. Um, I don't want him to be this kind of overnight kind of reflash in the pan and then disappears and everybody discards him because that would be
4: a huge mistake. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I've, it's one of those things when I heard like he was in this, it, it, again, it made me very happy. Cause I'm like, and you do, you go back and you look, cause you're like, where, where did he go? Like, because as a kid, again, always thought he was fantastic and everything I saw him in. And then like, you kind of lose track sometimes and it's, it's sure, yeah. And it's kind of fun to go back and read like these, you know, these people have lives. They continue to thrive. Some of them, some of them work behind, the, behind the camera you know some of them move on to do other things and it's kind of cool to learn about um you you mentioned child stars you yeah. you've been doing this a long time
2: yeah you know. <laughs> like a
4: long <laughs> long time right yeah. Like five, uh, Jason, years is old. that a nice way of saying I'm old? <laughs> hey, hey, I can't say that, no. that, <laughs>
0: that. That was a very good podcasting host way of saying, dude, you're
4: old. I, I'm pretty sure we are about <laughs> the same, pretty close to the same age. So I'm not saying, no, you are young and <laughs>
2: Sorry, <laughs> vibrant. Vibrant, yeah. Full of life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Long to uh,
4: yeah, I know. To, but to,
0: to to agree with you, yes, it's
4: it's been a while. <laughs> Like you were like five, six years old, right? When you started in this industry. I did. I was,
0: yeah, I was five years old. um, You know, when I did my first kind of real stuff, which was commercials and print work and TV.
4: So how, so I've always been kind of curious about this when you're that young. um, Was it, did you have a desire to do this or did you find there was like something about performing that really like intrigued you? You
0: know, you know, honestly, what it was is, you know, I was five ish, uh, you know, I just finished college, I was deciding what to do with my life. And, you know, was looking out there at the options. And, you know, said, Hey, uh, no, of course not. I joke, because that's impossible. Um, <laughs> it, really, when you're five, you're not making those conscious decisions, right? Let's yeah. be honest, it's yeah. other people that are placing you in situations or, or seeing if that's something you want to do. And, you know, my, um, you know, my parents were a driving force behind everything that we did, um, uh, more so on my mother's side with being in the industry early. Uh, and the only reason I'm in it is because my sister, who's a few years older than I am, uh, was in the business before I was. And so I was just always around it. And I guess I was just sort of quote unquote next (laughs) <laughs> right? Cause I was, you know, I just sort of, I was, I was on sets with her when I was literally being swaddled, you know, on a blanket. And, you know, I started going on auditions and doing stuff with her. Like we, in the, we did a handful of commercials together when we were super young and I just, I guess it was something that I was around and I took to it kind of like a duck in water. It was something that I was comfortable with and good with. Some kids aren't at that age. Some kids are, um, and I guess I just kind of started to swim. And, you know, one thing growing up, you know, I had a pretty, I had a, you know, compared to most, I had a very robust career as a kid, um, compared to some others. It wasn't as, you know, impactful or huge, um, but it's all relative. And, but what, you know, we always, one good thing that we always did is I had a a very balanced uh, life, you know, compared to, you know, industry life and, um, non-industry life. I don't want to call it normal life, you know, because nothing's <laughs> right. normal. but, uh, you know, not being in the business and, you know, went to regular school when you went working had, you know, had most of my friends were not industry friends, but I grew up with a ton of awesome industry friends. So I, I basically had two worlds that I got to live in and how many kids, you know, unfortunately a, a lot of kids have one world and it sucks I had two worlds I got to live in, and they were both fucking awesome. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and so I'm way ahead of the game, and, and know that um, you know most people uh, don't get that, and so I'm super fortunate in that regard. I mean, but yeah, and it's it was it was kind of interesting and bonkers, I mean, all at the same time. I
4: again, it's you talk about like getting to live like the best of, and to me, like again, sitting on the outside, it's like sure. But dude, you, you you were in an episode of The Wizard, if I'm not mistaken, and that was <laughs> David was. Rappaport. And this is again, I mean, like I loved him growing up. Like he was like iconic to me again because of movies that I'd seen him at. Uh, time I uh-huh. love Time Bandits. love Time, time Bandits, time bandit, Yeah. So so what what is that like? Like all the people you've got to meet over the years. Like you've met some pretty. Pretty, I, I guess a few of them might not have, you might not have known at the time that they were going to become what they've become or, or that they were what they But, but I mean, just getting to be with people like that, what was that like for you? It, you know,
0: it you, you knew it, you know, at the time when someone's cool or an icon or a big name. And then sometimes you are with someone who's just awesome that doesn't become an icon until later. And you're like, oh, you know, they're just Peter or, you know, or something. <laughs> and, uh, it, I have. And it's interesting, you know, you kind of, you you kind of, you know, darted right into the resume with the angle that I've got to meet a lot of cool people. And I realized, it, yeah, I have. Um, and, and I kind of like a couple of years ago, I, realized, I wrote down the list of how many awesome TV dads I've had. <laughs> that I've been, right? And I'm like, this is a, a crazy list. And uh, it, it it amazed me because I actually sat down and kind of like wrote them out. And I was like, holy crap. But, um, and you know, and you only get to do that when you get to work a lot and you only get to work a lot when either you are lucky enough to get cast in things. Uh, but there's another element to that is, you know, everybody says, you've been on every cool TV show there is. I'm like, okay, that's patently false. Not quite (laughs) every show, but, uh, you know, quite a few. Uh, but what's funny is my, my resume is, is as filled as it is with cool shit, because my television career as a kid was um, either highlighted by or plagued by the curse of I'm, I'm the, I'm the actor, the kid actor that did five or six TV shows that only went one or two seasons instead of one show that went six years. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So when that happens, you have the time to do, a whole bunch of other things in between the next season of the show you're not going to do. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I was the <laughs> reason none of these shows, you know, went for a long term. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. That would be bad psychological damage, but, um, <laughs> yeah, blame it, it it is.
2: it's always it, the kid. <laughs> it is cool.
0: You know, cause look at some of the other, you know, kids, you know, great faces that are contemporaries or, you know, friends of mine that grew up on awesome shows. That's all they did. They did one thing. Yeah. They did one thing. You know, usually it's not one thing, but you know, they're known for one thing. thing, And I kind of have this kind of broad utility man kind of resume that's all over the map. And a lot of them are cool guest spots and movies of the week and stuff with awesome people in it. And that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, And
4: I like shows like The Wizard, it may not have lasted long, but there's a there's like a group of us out there that this is like it was a huge deal and like we remember these things like really well We're, we kind of so you got to be in some really cool stuff too it may not have lasted as long as you know some tv shows but i remember it better because maybe because of that i sure. don't know i don't
0: oh yeah no and i and i'm i'm talking about not being on a show that la- as as right. a cast member like a, you know like a, a a regular role on a series you know the guest star stuff um you know the, you get these one offs which are awesome, and yeah, the wizard was wonderful. I mean, that was a really cool episode. The show in itself was cool because, you know, obviously, if anybody's listening that doesn't know, is about this inventor who happened to be a little person, and um, he was protected by an FBI agent because he was so smart that, you know, like the Soviets wanted to kidnap him or something, you know, and because um, this was the eighties, and you know, he would just invent stuff all the time and interact and solve, you know, solve problems and. My episode was really cool because this was, uh, yeah, <laughs> and unfortunately, it was a, <laughs> it was very prescient, very scary. But um, it was about a, 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 a an a episode of domestic terrorism yeah. where there were these bad group was going to bring down an airliner with diplomats on it using a drone, which is basically a drone, but it was a jet powered remote control airplane.
5: Yep,
0: and it, that that wasn't fake. That was a real thing. And that thing flew in the park while we were doing this. I was oh, that's like, cool. that's
4: awesome.
0: <laughs> that's cool. You know, because, you know, you know, we love remote control planes and boats and car. You know, we all had little RC cars with our batteries that ran in after five minutes after Christmas. And, uh, you know, to see this thing and watch this thing actually take off and fly and like zoom around the sky. I was like, there's no way this is real. <laughs> it's like I'm watching it. This thing is really flying. and It's a miniature jet. There's no way the military doesn't have like a thousand of these, <laughs> and uh, you know, way ahead of the time. But it, it was it was pretty scary because they were going to pack it with this clothes and blow up this airliner. I was like, we're going to put that on TV. That's that's okay.
2: Eighties <laughs> were a wild time. Eighties, <laughs>
0: but of course we saved we, we saved the day, and um, yeah, you know, it was
4: uh, that was uh, it was a great episode. That's cool that's and cool. a fun yeah. show. Yeah, that's really cool yeah. to hear. <laughs> I enjoy it. I'm nerding out a little bit, Matt. So I'm not gonna lie. So. No, well, what's
5: I, funny? I, what's I, funny about you the episode turn it out is. Out a little bit too. Yeah, that's okay.
4: We we can nerd out. I'm sure there'll be some of <laughs> you guys
0: will mention that. We'll go. Oh my gosh, um, wait. <laughs> the uh, but what's cool about a show like The Wizard is all this weird wacky stuff from like you know '87 or whatever it was when the show was on '86 and like a talking refrigerator right. that knows its inventory <laughs> or like a remote control jet. You're like, yeah, we have all
4: that shit. Yeah, they're kind
5: that's of
0: ahead
4: the of the curve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally
2: it's yeah, that, that, like everything that you know Star Trek kind of predicted you know it became a thing absolutely it, they should probably look to the wizard a little bit <laughs> there <too>. you
5: go <laughs> that's, that's right
4: that's right You there, Matt. Jake? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I heard you start to talk. you were gonna keep going. On I thought about you the were wizard. starting to talk. No, that's no, called the dramatic pause to... <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: to, to segue out of the wizard
3: into yeah. something
0: else. Well, I, yeah.
4: but... I, I don't want to nerd like over talk Matt, and I thought he was starting to say something. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to keep. I don't want to go on all night about the wizard, Matt. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I I will continue this. So, all right. <laughs> Let's fast forward. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to have a little uh, non sequitur, go off the book a little bit, and just point out something. Going back to other things you you did, likely between you know series, um, <laughs> you, as I found out the other day, were on uh, Circus of the Stars, and I know somebody else who's also in a Fred Decker related role that was also on Circus of the Stars. Um, you were on that, as well as Alan Kaiser from uh, Night of the Creeps. So, Alan and, uh, Kaiser, and not just Alan Night of the has Creeps, become a, a good friend of mine as well. So,
0: but Alan Kaiser from
2: um, family. The Mama's yeah. Family, Mama's yeah. Family,
0: yeah, great role when he added to that show. I love yeah. Mama's Family. Um, I've met Alan before; he's
2: a super cool dude. Yeah, he's a nice guy.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know if far he... away from me, so. Oh, interesting. Uh, I doubt that he would ever remember that we knew each other or hung out because he's a little older than I am. I was probably some annoying teenager, but no, no I remember. Super nice guy. Uh, love Mama's family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Alan did Circus of the Stars. Um, I think after I, I don't know what year he did it. Um, yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah. I actually did Circus of the Stars twice.
2: Oh, okay, and yeah, I was just looking uh, up artwork for you know <laughs> putting stuff together on this. I was like, wait a minute, right? <laughs> hang on
5: yep yeah so
2: you in uh, the in the circus outfit and was like yeah. i got some questions now
0: which which, which, one, which one were you looking at what color was the outfit
2: oh that's a good question it was like a vest thing with some oh, okay there. yeah never mind got it yeah like, um, i want to talk about that one <laughs> well that was a whole that was a whole
0: costume thing that was weird um yeah i did it twice in the first year i did it i was 10 and um at that time i was the youngest to ever do that show oh that's cool and then i think 2 years later, Amy Foster did it and was like 6 months younger than I was. <laughs> you know, I was like I was like almost 11 or something and she was like just turned 10. I'm like, "Damn it." <laughs> um, so my record got broken. But uh, you know, you know speaking of really cool people that I get to work with and do shows for one season. The only reason I got to do Circus of the Stars um, was because I was doing a show called Baby Makes 5 with Peter Scaleri. Oh, that's
4: awesome.
0: And This is right off of, uh, you know, Bosom Buddies had just ended, and Peter, you know, the network gave him his own show. And because he was the talented one coming off of Bosom Buddies, this other guy, Tom something, was nothing. (laughs) And um, (laughs) what's he
2: doing now? Uh, Tom? uh,
0: Yeah, Yeah, some weird (laughs) stuff. Um, I think he did a movie about a mermaid you know, so, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, where, to, where's that going to get you? Right.
2: nowhere. Um just going to be stuck doing dog movies yeah. and you know, eventually right. working with kids and stuff. So. Right.
0: Uh, but uh, you know, Peter was a, a very accomplished juggler. And when we worked on baby makes five, he taught me how to juggle. And we used to kind of like perform together and be silly. And uh, he had done an act the year before and then was going back to do one of the you know, kind of marquee acts, he was doing the high wire and he brought me over to where they, you know, practice and, and, and work out. And he told the producers that they should kind of bring me in for, you know, kind of like physical, you know, kind of workouts and, and they should have me, you know, find an act and put me in the show. And, um, I did like the stuff I tested on, you know, I was always athletic and I was always coordinated and, uh, I got to do an aerial act with uh, Tracy gold actually. Um,
4: I remember
0: that <laughs> called called the double cradle, which um, you know, it's you know, you, you rehearse for like three and a half months, and uh, then you go to Las Vegas and you put on your, your leotard and your and your sequins, and um, you you tape the show, and uh, it was <laughs> awesome. And so once you kind of join the circus, you, you're you're a circus folk. you know and um you get to go back and you meet all these cool people from around the world that teach all these celebrities how to do acts and sometimes they're the you know most accomplished performers on the planet and um they're just some amazing people and 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 so talented you know physically and artistically and uh do amazing shit with their bodies and um you're up there trying just not to muck it up and um (laughs) but that was fun. And then a couple years later I got to do a solo act and that's the costume that you saw. And uh, I did the, an act called the low wire. And uh, that's a, uh, it, it's different. I don't like that act, how it turned out. There's a whole bunch of stuff that happened and talking about mucking it up. I, 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 I mucked it up. Um, mm-hmm. And a it was a, it was a weird, it was a weird situation. And I've, I'm, I'm, I'm more proud of the F the, the first act than I am the second one.
4: That's so crazy. You brought that up, and, and as soon as you said you did it with Tracy Gold, I'm like, holy crap, I'm having flashbacks. I remember <laughs> yeah. it now. Our kids, yeah. Well, yeah. My kids don't have things like these. I try to explain to my kids sometimes like what life was like growing up for us, and I'm like, I know everybody says their generation, but I'm like, we really did have things you guys don't get to experience. And the biggest one I Saturday morning cartoons. I'll ne- They'll never get me to stop talking about that. But – yeah. They didn't. They didn't. They uh, don't the get best. things like Circus of the Stars. We and that those these were huge events for us. Like it was. was they like were dancing with the
2: stars yeah, and uh, all the time. Uh, and no one
4: cares.
2: So yeah, true. but that's yes. Yeah, that's, no that's, one cares. Yeah, um, yeah,
4: that's constant. These things were like one-offs yeah, yeah. that we got every once in a while. Yeah, and it Where was. You see
2: Betty Betty White trying to tame a lion. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Not only. Yeah, they were like I think that was you know they always aired in December, so it was like a holiday time um, you know, all the network shows were on hiatus and it was holidays and it was a special and it was a big deal. And, you know, it won Emmys because, you know, it was a huge production and they shot it, you know, it was a big, it was a big production and, um, you know, very expensive for the network at the time to do all that stuff and train all those people for that time. And, uh, it's, it it was a, it was just such a unique thing and, uh, it it ended up running its course, and. you know then, but it's what it did is it's sort of like you said, it, it lent, uh, it leaned into as it died, I think, in the early 90s, um, what reality TV is today and competition shows and performing shows like Dancing with the Stars. Um, you know, Dancing with the Stars, That's you know, it's as, as cornball or as bad as it, you know, is or was or, or is now. Uh, you know, it's better than diving with the stars.
4: You know, which, <laughs> I you know, forgot about that show. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I remember yeah. that as well. Um,
0: <laughs> Ice skating with the stars. You know, it's like yeah. you know,
5: it's,
4: it's
0: like okay, how how much juice can we squeeze out of this? You know, stone. But um, yeah, you know, I, I think shows like that, you know, were sort of um, and even like super popular, but really corny for like Battle of the Network Stars. Yeah. Like, you know, if, you know if you remember growing up watching that and. You know, you know, TV actors were and soap stars were like running relay races against you know. each other, and you know, shooting basketball against each other. Like, how many free throws can you? Get? <laughs> so, so, so we silly. talked to, well, uh, but I, I loved it. Tug of war, <laughs> it's like it's crazy.
4: When we talked to, we talked to Stuart Pankin on the show, and we kind of brought it up with him. It's, I think there was an era where people weren't just movie stars; you were a celebrity. Like it was all around, and you did. Because he did a lot of like game shows, and and that used to be a huge deal for people. You mentioned Betty White, Matt, same deal. Yeah. You know, these people weren't known for one thing; they were known for all sorts of things. And it's not quite the same that you don't really get the whole like celebrity angle as much as we used to. Because TV was a huge like we all tuned in for television shows, and you would have those big right. epic like miniseries, and you know it was it was quite the thing. It's not quite the same anymore. <laughs> it-
0: yeah. And I think what it was is because your content was, um, you know, kind of, you know, smaller, there was a lot of programming, True. but, True. you know, for the most part, this is way before cable, way before internet. Right. And, uh, you know, you only had three networks That's and right. then Fox became the fourth <laughs> network. And, uh, you know, maybe you had a syndicated channel or two if you lived in a big city that, you know, that was your PBS channel or your, uh, you know, national geographic channel or mutual of Omaha. And, uh, you know, When big shows like Search of the Stars or, um, you know, miniseries like, you know, The Blue and the Gray or, you know, The The Winds of War and Roots and all these great miniseries that were these, you know, great books, Shogun, um, you know, all these fantastic, you know, long – and what people don't realize is like, yeah we don't do corny stuff like that. It was like, oh, you've never seen uh, a seven-episode Netflix series? That's all (laughs) Shogun is. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's a period piece with samurais and and sailors and a love story. And yeah, it's a limited engagement thing. The internet didn't invent this shit. It just made more of it and made access to it broader. But that's all we had in content. You could either go to the movies or you could sit in front of your television and watch three
4: channels. I like that you say. And you consumed uh, a lot of stuff. You say we don't do corny stuff like that anymore, but we're going to remake it. <laughs>
5: That's right. We're going to remake right. it
4: next week. That's coming yeah. out. Uh, yeah, Shogun. It'll be on Netflix. <laughs> so, I will,
0: yeah, Shogun with uh, you
4: know, yeah, they'll,
0: they'll put. I don't even know who would be Richard Chamberlain's role.
4: <laughs> Johnny Depp in every role.
0: <laughs> Johnny Depp as you know reprises
2: <laughs>
5: Richard hey, Chamberlain.
2: Yeah. Dave's <laughs> got a good little, uh, uh, TikTok idea for you. Dreamcasting Shogun. There you go. <laughs> really? that
0: one. Shogun was so good. I loved that. Yeah. Cause yeah. I was, I was fascinated with medieval feudal Japan. Me and, too. <laughs> um, and then I, I actually, I went to a, I went to an awesome school for, uh, fourth, fifth and sixth grade and had wonderful teachers. And it was a, it was a public school, but it was, uh, yeah, it was so good. And in fifth grade, Mrs. Uh, Gobel's class, we actually studied in depth, like an extra curriculum past year, you know, in addition to everything else that you do. And we studied the history of Japan. And um, it, it was fascinating. And it was sort of about the same time, just before, you know, I would watch Shogun every year. It, it and was, it was, so, you know, Fuel in Japan has just always been something I've been super interested in, uh, you know, which may or may not have contributed to my junior high phase where I was a ninja. <laughs> you know so
2: we um <laughs> oh god listen and, and we're,
0: we're, weren't we all it was um, the 80s there, were, have, there were a lot of throwing I stars. Take, <laughs> I may have taken to, it to an extreme I may have. Um, I still have some of the weapons. Like I said, don't. I mean, did I say that out loud? Like I said, yeah. did I say that
4: was, that it was the 80s. There were a lot of throwing stars, nunchucks. We had it. It, 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 it happened. <laughs> there
2: there may have just been me as a, a lonely, nerdy kid in the backyard with a stick chopping down dandelions after watching Blind Fury. You know, oh. <laughs> those things. You know, it's, that's a
4: true
5: story.
2: I honestly right thought that's where Jay was going with this. So that's I decided I wasn't, but that's the I, 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 I was bringing it up.
5: I was yeah. going to leave it alone, Matt, right. but. Oh, well, but see, I got like I got really.
0: I read books and and bought books and checked books online. Like I read, I, I deep dove that shit. And it was like um, I'm going got
4: really
5: to be a ninja. It. I am going and, to be uh, a ninja. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, good. yeah. It's
2: awesome. So good. So well, uh, speaking of being a ninja, do you feel like any of that uh, combat training led to your role in Monster Squad? <laughs> um, I'm
0: I am real I think good at all, segues. I, by the I way, like it, really yeah, I like it. <laughs> I think it all has um, I think it all has something to do with it um, yeah. <laughs> mo- mostly I think the character prerequisites for monster squad was uh, uh, could you pull off being a nerdy kid that's an insufferable know-it-all that bosses people around um, but I don't you know I, I make fun of Sean a little bit like that uh, but he every group needs someone that is that role yeah. and um, we have Jay we have
2: and that's it, fair. You know, it's
5: something
0: <laughs> I it, and look, I, I don't know if you guys may or may not have heard, or your listeners may have heard before, that uh, I never auditioned for the role of Sean Crenshaw for the Monster Squad. Really, and my original auditions and screen tests and producers' meetings, uh, all were for the role of Rudy.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, I do actually recall that. Another, yeah, that.
0: and um, because my body of work leading up to that on shows like. Uh, you know, look at the wizard, you know, honestly, it was the year before or so, and, and a show called fathers and sons, um, and heart of the city, uh, things like that, where I, you know, I kind of played this cool kid with a lot of hair product and a let, you know, there may have been one or two or four leather jackets involved. And, um, you know, so that's, you know, an obvious kind of audition role to go in and read for the cool slip kid. That's, you know, cool. And I did, and uh, you know had all these callbacks and 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 meetings, and then a few weeks later they called and said you got cast in the movie you read for a, you know a couple weeks ago like which one? And they said that monster movie. And I said great, and they said well you know but not for the role you read for. And usually that's really bad news. <laughs> usually they like you but they give you a lesser role or something. And I was like I was shocked because I read the script multiple times. I was like well, wait a minute what's a smaller role? I was like oh no I'm gonna be. EJ or Derek and um, I'm going to be one of the bullies. Wait a minute. And they're like, no, 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 no. They actually cast you as the lead. And I was like, no. (laughs) Rudy's the cool character. Like, I want
2: to be that guy. He's got a leather jacket. That's right. He, the he shoots fight. the boat and kills uh, all the
0: ministers. He gets the girl. You know, it's like, yeah, but uh um, cool
2: one-liners. That's right.
0: Hey, Ryan. Lambert. And 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 we knew all this. He and um and I hadn't met Ryan. I had not met Ryan yet. And um I was a little despondent for a while when they were trying to convince me that this was good. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, and it, it ended up being great. Uh, and that's why we're talking about it so 35 years later. Um Holy cow. Um but I, I know why. you know, now, you know, Ryan and I have talked about it for years. We told the story. Like I know why I didn't get Rudy. Um, because Ryan Lambert went in there and murdered his auditions as it became Rudy in that moment, and everybody was like, That's Rudy. And they were right. They were absolutely right. Uh where I realized that I'm super fortunate is that somebody in that group, I don't know, I still don't know who it was, whether it was Fred or Penny Perry, the casting director or Peter Hines or Shane or whatever said, remember that kid we read for Sean or uh, for Rudy, that Andre kid. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making up how this conversation went, but uh, <laughs> someone said, could he be Sean? And usually be like, yeah, let's call him back in and read him the Sean and see how it, went. when they didn't do that, they just straight casted my ass as Sean. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> kind of cool. And, um, you know, a couple of weeks later I reported to set and they cut all my hair off and gave me clothes that don't fit too good. And, I couldn't put a drip of hair product in my hair and I felt very weird.
4: <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do so though? Basically
2: you became everybody,
4: <laughs> you know, Ryan Lambert comes in with that feathered back. I mean, you were he was he was going to get the part, man. Yeah, (laughs) you got that. Well, I went in with the same hair. (laughs) I was like, I mean, I Uh I did the same thing. But you know, because that's uh, that was that
0: was me. That was us at the time. You can go back and look at old photos of Ryan and I during the time. It's yeah, it's all all hair product, dude. It's all hair product.
4: So we were this close to you skidding in on the bike and 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 putting that loafer down on the ground. That's what that's what you're saying. Yeah,
0: that was was that was one of the auditions. I think it's really I I think it's
4: really cool though that they. Like that just shows that they're like, hey, this this kid's got acting chops. It's not we don't need him to come back in, in an audition. We know we can do this, so let's just let him do it. So and look, that's why I
0: said. Like, well, you know, who's the most fortunate one out of all of this? It's probably my ass because <laughs> someone said that. You know, they thought that and had enough confidence in me to say, let's just give him the role as the
4: lead and let him take,
0: take it. So and uh,
4: how old are you? Good 13 12 13 somewhere in that range
0: Yeah we sh- we shot the movie when I was 13 and it came out when I was 14. So okay. um and Ryan's a year change older than I am. Okay. So uh Ryan just turned 50 um a couple months ago and I just turned 49. <laughs> so
4: it's, I'm so like I told you you're not that I'm about to turn 46 here in a couple of weeks. So Yeah, right, yeah
0: I mean it's it's good those were good those were I think the perfect Era to grow up in the 80s, they had so much to, to enjoy and absorb, you know, and all sorts of stuff. And, um, you know, it's why we are who we are today and, and making fun of all the stuff that they're ripping off.
2: <laughs> so, so, speaking speaking of things that uh, they're ripping off, so when the Monster Squad actually came out on DVD, I, you know, it had always been just like this movie that was a constant in my life, whether watching it on VHS or HBO or whatever growing up. that when it just kind of disappeared for that, that period of time, as I like to call it the dark times. (laughs) Um, And then suddenly it it emerges on DVD one day. Um, I wasn't honestly like following it that closely. And I saw a copy of it at at my local Walmart. And it was just like on the bottom shelf of of the whole thing. And I looked at the cover, you know, from a distance and I was like, Oh damn it. They remade monster squad. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And I was pissed. I was I was genuinely upset like man you cannot do that. I mean cool but where's the original, right? Right. And this is this is my thinking on it. So I pick it up, I flip it over and I realize at that moment it's not a remake. It's Oof. the original copy and I immediately bought it and stupidly lent it out and lost the copy. The person oh, I yeah. lent it out to kept it. yeah Uh so I had to go back and buy another one like a week later. Um <laughs> So I am on my second copy of that. And then um sadly our basement flooded a couple of times and that's where I was keeping my DVDs at the time. And now I need to buy a third copy because the cover's <laughs> all destroyed and yeah. So I'm probably just going to use that opportunity to upgrade to Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> so but uh, I do have the disc still. It's just uh, a little worse for wear and the the packaging of it. But well, that's but, just uh, like
0: everybody's VHS tape. They still have it. It's just kind of beat up a little bit, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yellowed yeah. out. But the, you know, it's still awesome. And yeah. what, what's crazy now is it's almost. Let's see, the DVD. The first DVD came out in 07.
2: Yep.
0: So that was um, ten. So fifth. You know, fifteen years ago. And when the 07 DVD came out, it wasn't that it's oh, but we were signing VHA. And I was like, oh my God, these DVDs, I mean, these VHSs are like 17 years old or 20 years old. They're like, the DVD is almost that old now. Right. So it's crazy how long this, uh, you know, kind of resurgence has gone back on. And yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know if you can keep calling it a resurgence. Like the resurgence happened and it, then it just kind of stayed and, and yeah. kept growing. Uh, and it's just sort of like this self-sustaining, you know, you know, kind of thing that just keeps evolving and adding onto itself and, uh, you know, becoming a variant of each other, of, of, itself. And um, you know, now there's a whole second generation of actual monster squad fans that really are cool. either kids themselves or kids of original fans. And uh, it's just, it's super remarkable. <laughs> it's so interesting. And You know, just one. We talked about impact of movies growing up, and we all have our, you know, our go tos and our favorites, like we were saying. And but you know, when Monster Squad is someone's thing, uh, it's just fascinating one to be a part of that, but also see that dynamic actually um, manifest itself in front of you. And you know, to see that that film or this film in the movie or a character that they related to somehow um, changed their Lives or shaped their lives or, or, you know, kind of became a part of them in some way was super fascinating to me. And I I didn't, I didn't really pay attention to it for a number of years. I just thought it was kind of this, you know, interesting nostalgic jag that was going to end. And then I realized it was this lasting thing and that impact that it had. And that's, you know, that's really what Wolfman's Got Nars, the documentary, is supposed to be about. And it was, um, you know, uh, you know, in, investigation a a diving into how something like a movie can impact someone and and whether they were in it or watched it or made it um or got given to by their older brother and you know watched it in the treehouse, or passed it around that cul-de-sac on vhs (laughs) and that was certainly an interesting um you know project
4: to do i think you guys kind of let us know like there were guys like myself and matt and we have a whole group of friends that are into the same kind of stuff like movies like this, let us know that it like, hey, it's okay to be. It's almost like you guys paved the way for for the geeks of the world to like say, yeah. it's okay to like this stuff. You know, you're not like some weird nerd that has to stay in the basement because you dig monster movies and crap. It's okay, and so I mean, we will stay in the basement. Yeah, we love our basement. You can go out, you know,
2: <laughs> be among your own kind but, at conventions and things like it, that. That's right. right. But did you uh, like? You've
4: worked yeah. on lots of projects, you know, over the years. Are there ones, especially like this, like Monster Squad, that while you're doing it, do you know that you like this is going to be something special, or or is it just like, hey, we didn't know it just happened?
0: Uh, no, I don't think you ever know that. I
4: think. Um
0: you know, in, in in total total honesty, um, in total reality, while we were making Monster Squad, I'm like this is going to be huge. This is going to be, huge. and it wasn't. It was an absolute bomb, right? Um, which is is you know adds to the story, which is really kind of
2: right.
0: yeah, really kind of weird. It's kind of sad, um, but it also wouldn't have the same thing that it has today if it was a giant hit in the summer of '87, um, and. You know, I always say it's really interesting that you know if you're in a theater, I don't know if you've ever seen Monster Squad in a packed theater with a bunch of Monster Squad fans. Uh, it is um, a very cool experience. Yeah, and uh, you know to to feel that connection and, and to hear the cheers and the you know the the shouts and the hollers and the and um, you know the celebration during their favorite moments. Um, you know, not many things have that. And it's it's really cool, and it wouldn't be that way if everybody didn't covet it. And no. you know, well, they don't covet it because they share it. Right. You know, it's not something that they covet, you know they they went out and said, "You've got to see this." You don't know Monster Squad? Let let me bring you into my world. Yeah. And that's what made that movie grow and grow and grow over the nineteen or twenty years that it was dead.
2: So,
0: uh, and we didn't know it. What we didn't know it wasn't dead. We thought it was dead and gone, and then all of a sudden it blew the fuck up. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Awesome.
2: but I got to tell you something that. Like legitimately happened yesterday when I was at Walmart, or no, sorry, it was uh, Monday. Um, I was actually wearing a different Monster Squad shirt at the time. Um, I I tend to wear a lot of black t-shirts from <laughs> movies, and uh, uh-huh. Monster Squad being one His of them. Closet um, is
4: exclusively Monster Squad shirt, yeah, or, or there's, at least one side.
5: There's a few. <laughs> uh,
2: so I was walking around, you know, my local Walmart. Um, strangely, not the same one that I got. Actually, it, it was the same one I got the copy of Monster Squad at. Um, but this guy is in the produce section and he's wearing a Voltron shirt and we, you know, kind of lock eyes for a second and just kind of do the like, <laughs> Hey man, I like your shirt kind of thing. Yep. And, uh, he just goes, I, it, what, what is the monster squad? I, it's that looks familiar, but I don't know what it is. And this guy's probably, you know, 20, 30 years older than I am. Right. But he's got a Voltron shirt on. So I'm like, yeah. oh, he, he knows 80 stuff. And we just kind of got to talking a little bit. And I told him, I was like, oh, it's this, you know, movie. It's uh, kind of, you know, a lot of people have compared it in, in uh, Wolfman's Got Nards. You, you know, or uh, Shane Black. I think it was a Fred Decker mentioned um, Little Rascals fighting Universal Monsters. Right. And I kind of explained it like that to him. He goes, oh, that sounds kind of cool. And I was like, yeah, it's actually really good. And he immediately got on his phone and, you know, tried to find a way to, you know, stream it online. And uh, we ended up just kind of talking I, I slipped him a business card jay don't worry he's okay, probably cool. gonna listen so uh, just in case you're wondering and uh yeah it's this it's that type of thing it's like it's word of mouth that has made this movie you know sustain as long as it has and in, in in my mind at least and i'm here i am as a 40 year old man talking to guys in voltron shirts at walmart about this movie that they've never seen and it's every time i'm like oh you've got to see it it's so good um, and Getting ready to to talk to you tonight. I rewatched Wolfman's Got Nards again, and so it is oh, one of the so only good. documentaries that I can watch repeatedly. Yeah, get the same amount of enjoyment out of it, you know, on repeat viewings. And it's not the first time my wife has walked into a room and gone, "Are you crying? Like <laughs> this? Like what? I love it <laughs> again. You're crying again." Like, yes, and, you know, yes,
4: leave me alone. Um,
2: multiple points in that movie. I tear up a bit, man. And, you know, like in, in know Monster why.
0: Squad or in the documentary?
2: Both, actually. Oh. But, but no, um right. in, in the documentary specifically, oh, man. There's, okay. there's, you know, point where you guys are talking about the character of Horace. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people connected with it, that kid.
3: Absolutely. And, uh,
2: dude, that that moment. And you know exactly what I'm talking about with the shotgun. You just, My name is Horace. Yeah, it's so good. That line gets people every time. And I'm, dude, I'm not going to lie. I'm tearing up talking about it right now. That's so, such a good movie.
0: Well, it ended up being such a great moment in a film yeah. that no one saw when it came yeah. out, but everybody connected. And that's one of the things that we realized, you know, kind of when the resurgence sparked, was, you know, we get a lot of. You know you know because everybody loves to meet Ryan because he's fucking Rudy, you know, and Rudy's the <laughs> coolest kid that you could ever possibly know. And a lot of neighborhoods had their Rudy, you know, a lot of neighborhoods had their Sean, a lot of neighborhoods had their Patricks, and a lot of neighborhoods had their Horace's. And you know, probably 75% of the time, you know, everybody comes and goes, Man look, we all wanted to be Rudy, but I was really a Sean because I kind of like just told everybody to do and everybody came to my garage and hung out. And I was like, that's awesome. But it's probably 70 or 80% of the stories that we get growing up. And there's like, hey man, we all wanted to be Rudy. I, I would have loved to have been Sean, but I was Horace. And we got, we were awakened or enlightened, is a better word for it, that that was a thing. And we realized that, you know, Horace is a character, and you know Brent's portrayal of Horace really impacted people, yeah because they connected with somebody in this movie, and the vast majority is they connected with Horace, yeah, and that's when you know we realize we're like, well, now that really sucks. Yeah. that's awesome, but this is really tragic that and you know i've always said and uh, i have a soundbite in the documentary cuz i wanted to always i wanted to immortalize my point about it is it's it's tragic in, in two ways it's one that the fans don't get to meet their guy like the person that they connected with the, the character that they were like that's me this is a manifestation of me this is you know this is what i feel like uh, and I wish I could do this. If I'm ever called to action, I hope I step up like Horace did. Because he's got the greatest arc in the movie as a yes, character. Yeah, he does. And um, and we celebrate it in the movie. I mean, he gets celebrated. And it's awesome. And like I said, it's tragic in a way that the fans don't get to meet the kid who played Horace. And it's just as tragic that Brent Chalem doesn't get to feel that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And just getting, you know, the dynamic and the and the and the response that I get just as Sean, uh, I can't imagine what it would be if people got to meet Brunt.
2: Yeah. yeah, I'd be jealous. I'd be totally jealous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, Rudy's cool. We want to meet Horace. No. So, oh, it would, yeah.
0: I guarantee you, if we were all in a room, his line would, would be the first place people go. Oh, <laughs> I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah.
2: So I,
4: I could see that. You know, he yeah. actually has a few of the like, you know, major lines in the movie. If you think about it, he gets to drop the drops. some of the best lines in the movie come from Horace. So,
3: and,
0: and 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 rightly so. And um, I, I tell you, it was even you know in a in another step of you know tragic is like there is no one that he's related to to be in the documentary because they they've all passed away. Oh wow! And you know, his mom's gone. His mom passed away not you know sh- shortly after Monster Squad. Really. Wow. And um, I mean, Brent died in 97 yeah. um, and, you know, his dad died shortly after that. And that was it. Like it was, there was no one else to really interview. Wow. Yeah. I was yeah. kind I of was curious big, about that. It was like,
2: got like family, friends and like an, an old girlfriend. It, it, yeah. It was basically
0: his extended family, you know, like, yeah. that we all have. And sometimes you're good friends and, you know, the, you know, the, the, the Nona down the street, you know, is um, you know knows you even better um, or just as well, and luckily they were available and willing. And uh, we flew Marsha in from Phoenix. She was like, "You want to talk about Brent?" I said, "I'll do whatever you want." I said, "We're going to fly you, in. <laughs> and we're going to go meet at your old friend's house, uh, and we're going to bring Rachel in, uh, you know, who grew up with Brent, and they were kind of like boyfriend and girlfriend for a while, off and on, growing up, and they were just you know pals. And I almost don't think you can get a better. Yeah. You know, kind of commentary on who someone is yeah. uh, than by the people that were, um, you know, people that related to you either are obligated to love you or hate you, <laughs> and, you know, and um, I, I think the people that you're not related to that you're the closest are your truest, uh, you know, kind of, you know, mirrors and, you know, have the best commentary on you. I, I thought we had a great we had a great afternoon and in, in, in getting, you know, who Brent was from them. Cause we knew who he was to us, but we didn't grow up with him. We didn't know him that well. Sure. And, um, you know, and then for them to celebrate the impact that the movie has had a resurgence. And then that most of the people are relating to Brent's character. Uh, look, we, we made something very interesting and special for three people that knew Brent and they had a big takeaway from that. So I thought that was pretty cool too. Yeah.
4: Okay. So with that kind of being said, uh, so a couple of years back, um, <laughs> Matt and I <laughs> you are la li- here you laugh. I know where you go. With this. <laughs> Matt and I actually I... did a, another show years back. It's been it's been a while now. <laughs> uh a lot of this started because so Matt and I became friends through things like horror movie conventions and, and uh things along those lines. That's how we actually did it. Mm-hmm. And uh mm-hmm. one of the ways we stayed in touch over the years, we're like, we're gonna do a podcast. Uh this one's turned into something a little bit bigger and we love it, and that's great. Uh but a few years back, we did one literally as a way... Because we don't live near each other. Um, so we wanted to talk every week. And we did a show. And uh, through Matt's connections with some conventions and things like that, we actually had Ashley Bank on the show as a guest host. She was wonderful. She was a lot of fun. Uh, she did the whole show with us. It was great. She was yeah, a lot of fun. Was, and I, She was super fun. Just, I know you and yeah. Ryan still speak because you guys do... You did a podcast, right? You do Squadcast, correct? Yeah, I mean Ryan and I were just texting right before we went.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, we were, yeah. oh, well, so I mean, do I can't I get rid of that guy. Do I can't get rid of, you guys, of that guy. Do you
4: keep contact with with people from the movie, or I mean, is it a, a fairly semi regular thing that you talk to some of the guys, or
0: uh, it is? You know, and it has been since you know oh seven. Um, you know, Ashley uh, and I, uh, you know, we we still connect and, and at least text each other once in a while, or you know, we go have a coffee if 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 we're in the same place at the same time and. Uh, Ryan and I are, are probably more connected, uh, you know, cause we worked on so many projects together in the last couple of years. Um, and how we do Ryan and I, when we do conventions, we're, we're actually a duo. Like we, we appear as a, as
4: a duo. That's cool.
0: And, um, um, and, uh, you know, we, we, that's how we approach conventions we do it together. And, you know, we came up with that model, you know, a long time ago and it's just awesome. And, you know, Ashley's always, you know, it's Ashley's amazing. You know, we're always, we spent so much time together, me, Ryan, and Ashley over, you know, ever since 2007, you know, that we've seen our families grow and contract, you know, as will happen over time. You know, Ashley now has two, you know, really super cool daughters. It just, you know, how cool is it, you know, to be able to get to, you know, still work with these people because you're working, you know, if you're at a convention, you're hanging out, but, you know, it's work. And, you know, same with Fred and, you know, we get to, you know, connect with Shane and, um, you know, we see Stephen mocked and, you know, Ryan and I were just in, in Dallas for Texas Frightmare, um, you know, which had, um, Ryan and myself, Stan Shaw was there, oh, you know, Shaw. one of the first times he, you know, he appeared with us. And so that was an awesome addition, you know, Carl, who was in the Wolfman outfit, Michael McKay, who's was the mummy, um, and, uh, Duncan Regeer, you know, who of course is, one him. of the best Draculas ever.
5: <laughs> he um, was
2: actually my first Dracula. I actually figured that out recently. I was like, that is the first oh, yeah. depiction of Dracula I have ever seen was was he's, from Monster Squad. Yeah, so, and, and, and he's then amazing. I, I actually got to hang out with him at the same convention with, 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 with Ash, Ashley.
5: Yeah.
2: And yeah. when I say hang out with him, I'm talking like, he he's a very particular man when it comes to coffee. If you've ever <laughs> tried to get he, coffee with him.
0: He's a very particular man when it comes to anything that he's imbibing or ingesting. I, he's yeah, very, uh, he's, yes. He's, He's a give it to him.
5: super
2: nice guy. <laughs> give it we, to him. <laughs> My wife and I drove him around for probably three hours trying to find a good cup of coffee. And I think we finally settled on one <laughs> and I cannot remember what it was. But oh. yeah, he was just like every time... Just like mm, this one's a little too bitter. And we're like, okay, well, we'll find you a good cup of coffee later oh on. My gosh. And yeah, it was it was an adventure. What a, what a story. That should have just been on camera. Oh, I would um, have loved it, but yeah, it was it was just
0: like, uh, it instead was of coffee, coffee and cup. comedians, it's like coffee with Dracula. Oh, yeah. um, hey, and
2: that's all I'm thinking hey. of the whole time. And my wife was like, This guy just really particular about coffee. So.
0: <laughs> and that's very on brand for Duncan, who is uh, it was just such a unique human being and I, you know, we got to see him a couple weeks ago and it's always nice, but you know, to hang out with these people, it's just, you know, how fucking cool is that? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and Stephen mock was there of course, who was another one of my awesome, you know, on-screen mom, dads, Dad, like I said, Dad, I have yeah. a list of, and, Dad, yeah. you know, and, and it's just, you know, to see the, the kind of support and, you know, the appreciation that all those people have for the resurgence and, and the effort that everybody's put into it and, and the fan response, you know, not, like I said, not a lot of people get to do that, but yeah, I mean, I get I actually, I'll be back in, uh, I'll be back in LA in a couple weeks. I've been traveling for the last little bit, dealing with some other stuff and dealing with and working on some other stuff, two, two separate paths. And I'll be back in LA in a couple weeks. I'll, I'll probably go have lunch with Ashley, <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know, and you know, like, you know, when we were shooting the documentary, uh, I had set up a, a 17 city Alamo draft house tour, and, uh, I thought that was amazing. Uh, I didn't know it was going to be over 17 days. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had to convince Ryan and Ashley like, no, oh, this would be a good thing. We'll knock it all out at the same time. And if you don't know what 17 days in a row is, oh, then boy. I suggest you try it.
5: <laughs>
0: and, uh, what was awesome is she had just had her first child and, uh, you know, her daughter was 16, 14 or 16 months old. And, went on the entire tour with <laughs> yeah. us so mm-hmm. just we're this kind of like bumbling fumbling kind of monster family like going it was literally playing trains and automobiles every single day for three weeks and um it was absolute bonkers and well we captured some good footage <laughs> We because not it. only did we have to go through the tour but i was producing and directing a documentary at the same yeah. time. Which
4: we've kind of <laughs> hit around a little bit. I don't think we've just officially, we, we've said it, but Wolfman's Got Nards is what we're talking about, the do, the documentary that you made about the Monster Squad. Like, it's been a few years now since that came out. Like, how have fans received it? How did this thing happen? Like, where where I, did it get find its start, and how has it been received?
0: W- well, I mean, it's uh, it, I, we have yet to have a bad review Um, the the worst review that we got when we were festivaling was actually from a guy I know. I did his podcast one time and uh, he wanted to see more of uh, something uh, that wasn't the point of the documentary and uh, I was like, oh, that's okay. (laughs) But he still gave it like four stars out of five. (laughs) And uh, I I believe, I haven't checked in a while, but uh, it's one of the few things that's still 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which apparently is a thing. Yeah. And, um, look, <laughs> you know, you asked, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, we had such a, uh, I'm starting at the end and then we'll go back to the, the beginning of the question, but, you know, it came out in October of 19, uh, oh, I'm sorry, October of 2020. Um, it should have come out in October of 19. We had this weird delay. Our sales agent messed up. It did, did, didn't have, didn't get anything done. And then a, a deal came out of the blue and then that got messed up and it didn't happen. So another six months delay, uh, we finally got it out uh, in October of 2020 uh, in the U S and Canada only. And as we speak, you know, it's, it's getting, you know, it's dripping out in internationally, like in the UK and Australia with Aerofilms and Germany and Spain. And they're working on Latin America with our uh, international sales agency, Raven banner, you know, going back, you know, to kind of what I was mentioning a little while ago about being at these appearances and these conventions and realizing that this movie had impacted these people being the fans and being the, the squad um, that it became something really important. We, we were just hearing these stories over and over again for years and thought it would, you know, cease and it didn't cease. And then I started actually listening to these stories. I mean, not, I wasn't listening before, but really absorbing and analyzing these stories that, you know, these people were telling, telling me and us of what this movie meant to them. And I realized that those stories were a story. I had this original idea of maybe what it would be. And, you know, I, I called Ryan on the phone. I was like, Hey, uh, let's put our head. Cause we were doing the, our podcast at that time. And I was like, Hey, we need to mention it. Let's, let's try to raise like a little bit of kind of like, you know, Kickstarter money. Like how much do we need? Cause we're coming up on the 30th anniversary year. We're going to go to, you know, three or four giant events. We'll have a bunch of screenings. We'll set some friends slash fans that we know in LA in a chair, get our friend with a camera and a microphone to shoot it. And you and I will just go on the road and do like fan on the street type of, you know, grungy gorilla shit and uh, put together a little thing and we'll put it on our podcast uh, page for like a buck. You know, like we just want everybody to watch it, but they got to pay a buck and they can own it. Like we don't, you know, it's fine. And um, I started working on that concept. And then I actually went to a convention and and took a couple people and some gear and and it was exactly what you think it would be. It was total shit. And um, I was like, oh, that's not how oh, we got to figure out how to make this, you know, not like all these other, you know, shitty shoestring documentaries. And honestly, I, uh, it was a very serendipitous happening because uh, one of my oldest friends, a family friend named Jen off uh, worked at a place called Pilgrim studios. And she was a post production uh, supervisor. And uh, I, her, office was not far from where I was. And, you know, we go to lunch on occasion. And so we had a lunch schedule and I pull up to the curb. She jumped in my car and she goes, Hey, remember how I've always mentioned there's like on my floor, there's like a whole slew of these guys that are Monsters, bug fans. I was like, yeah. She goes, well, there's one of them right there. I was like, who? She said that, that kid, that kid, was probably, you know, Anthony was probably 28 at the time. And I said, uh, the unloading that truck. She said, yeah. I said, well, let's get out and say hi. And we got out of the car she called him over and he was like, Oh shit, what's going on? His name is Anthony Lyson, a really cool dude. And, um, you know, he's was just a, a guy to work production at the studio. And because we got out of the car and delayed a minute or two to go meet Anthony, three guys came out of the front of the building and it was, um, Wes Caldwell, Aaron Kunkel, and Henry McComas. And they, Henry and Wes instantly recognized who Jen was talking to and they walked over and uh, started, you know, now we introduced each other and um, asked what we were doing. I said, we're going to lunch and, um, you know, he's like, what else is going on? And at that time, I had actually kind of had been pitching the the idea of the documentary around uh, at different places. Um, I had just pitched what uh, ended up being uh, the show that Ryan and I did together at Nerdist for Legendary Digital Uh, called Short End, which it was a hosted show where we talked about short films and showcased short films and interviewed. I just pitched that and sold that concept, and I was talking to the... um, I was also pitching the documentary, but at the same time, I had a TV show concept about former child stars that was uh, in deal development at Lionsgate at the time, and at the same time, the same group at Lionsgate uh, was interested uh, in the documentary, and ironically, serendipitously connected wise... It's not the reason it got done, but uh, Lionsgate had just uh, acquired uh, Pilgrim Studios, and so it was sort of this in-house type of thing. And Henry McComas, uh, who is now one of my you know dearest friends and cohorts and pals, uh, said, "Hey, you and I need to go to lunch." I was like, "Okay," and uh, so we went to lunch like the next week. And I thought that I was going to talk to one of these you know production guys at a studio and try to get. Projects done at his place and he was doing it to me. I was like, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? And we were pitching each other on it on ourselves. And uh he, he said, I want to hear about this documentary, because we're all Monstercroft fans, but I understand what your original concept was and uh but this is exactly what we're our division at Pilgrim is really looking at doing in house stuff. Uh and I think we could do something really good here. And I was like, That's amazing. Uh, what would you have in mind? And we started working together and, and mapping some stuff out on, on, you know, napkins or, you know, a notebook and, you know, lo and behold, a few weeks after that we were, we had like a deck together and we had a one pager and we were in the big conference room at Tobin studios with the three or four executives, including the main guy and explained what it was. And, you know, we had an hour long meeting. We had a presentation that took about 40 minutes That we had rehearsed a little bit or practiced, and then twenty minutes for questions, and uh, the whole thing took fifteen minutes. And they were like, "We're in. Sounds like a win-win. Let's do it." And they all left. (laughs) And so, uh, Henry and I looked at each other and went, "Well, shit. I guess we're making a movie." (laughs) And so, we very quickly went into kind of pre-production and actual production, and we started uh, uh, rolling cameras in April of uh, seventeen, and we premiered at our first festival in the next April wow! and uh, we shot 50 terabytes of footage. Wow. Um, over, over 10 and a half months of actual shooting and had dozens and dozens of interviews. And we traveled the country. And we went to England um, and we ended up with all of the hard work of uh, Wes and Aaron and even Anthony and, um, uh, you know, Eric lakowski and, and Jen off to some extent and uh, Shane um, all these, you know, it was a very small group of people that had their hands on this, on this, on this film production and they were all fans and they were all friends. And uh, I couldn't have gotten luckier with a group of people to make a documentary about the impact of movies, uh, you know, on people than with this group and everything you see and hear and Wolfman's Gotten Ours is all because of, of, of that crew uh, and mostly uh, Henry McComas. And so all the credit, uh, I'll take some of it, uh, but <laughs> everything already, I'll take that a
4: little, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take a
0: smidge. Um, and really all I did was I just I just set stuff up and had ideas. And I, and I put I put these guys through the ringer for a year and um, they didn't do anything but ask for more. And um, it was amazing. <laughs> and I'd go in every, you know, once a week and sit behind Henry and watch our a new cut. And I'd be like, "Hey, where's the thing with that? That was easy. that's gone now. It's changed. We had this new stuff." And, you know, to sit and watch something like a documentary grow and evolve and and change five or six times. Like this movie fundamentally changed a half a dozen times as we were making it, netting it in. and editing it. And just the way it all came together, uh, it's it's a bigger and brighter and. Better uh, and deeper than I could my I could have ever possibly conceived, and uh, it's because if you work with the right people on the right project, that's what you get.
4: Like seriously, watch, sit down, watch Monster Squad, then go right into Wolfman's Got Nards. Yeah, um, it's a great double feature. It's I think it really it's is. available on a couple of different places. I, Amazon, I think, is where I watched it. I, I think I, Amazon Prime. Uh, this I watched
2: was it on Tubi. I watched it's I watched
4: on Tubi. It. I watched it probably. <laughs> I think I watched it during the pandemic, like when I was home. I think I sat down and, and, and watched it one day while we were home during the pandemic. Um, but, yeah, it's all over. Uh, if you look around, I I think it's on Prime, Tubi. I want to say probably a couple other sites, too. Um, buy a copy. Just buy, just buy it. it, it go in and just yeah. buy it. It's probably available to buy on Amazon, so you should do that. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is, and it is. Uh, yeah, it, It's great to be on something.
0: Look, I think Tubi is awesome. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing I don't like about to be with Wolfman, uh, is that it gets interrupted with ads. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm I was,
0: okay with jarring. being up with ads, yeah. but, um, the way Henry put Wolfman's got nards together is, uh, uh. It, it, it really breaks it up weirdly yeah and because it, it just sort of like dash you know just sort of like all of a sudden you're not watching what you're in yeah. the even the sound and the score and the interviews and the way the storytelling goes on of what Henry put together with this uh, yeah. or what we all put together with Wolfman uh I I, I appreciate the fact that a movie got made and, and it's on something as big as something like Tubi but uh, it's not my favorite place to watch it but if it's the only place to watch it just sure. you know be prepared that it gets uh Interrupted, you know, three or four times. I appreciate,
2: um, it. and you're kind of taken
0: out of you're kind of taken out of the moment.
4: I appreciate yeah. Tubby because there are things that are hard to find anywhere else, and you can't watch it on the absolutely. Show, but yeah. I do agree yeah. with you that like it's
2: dirt bike kid was on there. the dirt
4: bike. Kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. We, we watched, watched that, that for the show for the so. show. Yeah, because we talked to Stuart Pinkin and we we uh, we talked about the dirt bike kid. Yeah, it was a movie I yeah. remember from my
0: childhood. So. Yeah, I'm not poo-pooing Tubi. I'm just saying, you know, oh, if you no. have another option... Oh, no, I, then, I then, agree with you
4: yeah. 100%. If you, uh, if you can do it another way, do it another way. But if that's what you got, do it, because you need to watch it. Uh, yeah, it needs yeah. to be seen. It's it's yeah. a love letter and, to the fans, but it's also kind of like a love letter to the cast and the crew yeah. and, like, everybody who Very took much. part of it. And it's almost like a big thank you to everyone. It's really weird. It's like yeah. you guys are you are thanking everybody who watched it, but you're also... Letting everybody know how appreciative you were to to get to be a part of it, and it's just great to see everybody come back and and you get to see like it must have impacted yeah. everyone who worked on it because they're all it, there, everyone's there, and it's it's pretty great. Well, that's the, that's the key. The,
2: yeah. It's almost less about the film itself and more about everything that surrounded the film and like what it what it became, including the fans, just including the fans. Yes, and, it it, yeah, it you do so
4: exactly good. what we said earlier. You. Let us. You let the fans know they're a part of something. You are in yeah. fact a part of this, so it's it's pretty wonderful. So thank you for.
3: Well, that. I appreciate it
0: because everything <laughs> that you just mentioned there, summarizing what the documentary supposed what was aimed to be. You know, I, I then apparently we did it a little bit right, and <laughs> a little uh, bit. you know that that's always that, that always makes <laughs> you know me feel good when, when people get it or they it it it, hit, it hits home because yeah. um, that's really what it was. You know, it, it, it's all of that and um, it's not a it's not a making of documentary it's not a, a where are they now documentary we, you know we have some of those elements and it's certainly not a straight you know nostalgia you know jag like okay open wide here it comes here's the big spoonful of nostalgia but it has a little of that too uh, and it's not a straight fan service doc and that's the, really something when people talk negatively about the documentary and it's really not even negative um, it, it's like what I wish more about is more like uh, you know more of this or more of that, and that's really more of that fan service. To, you know, they want to see some you know sure. some, some more of this. And I was like, that's great. They did that already on kind of like the the special edition DVD yeah. that, that second disc. We weren't trying to recreate that. This this was more about what you guys were just saying. It's it, it's about the impact that something like a movie can have on somebody and how it can stay with them for so long. Whether that person, no matter what movie it is, it happens to be told through the lens of the Monster Squad world, whether you were a fan, a cast member, the writer, a director, or a special effects guy, and how it impacted your life. and Because very few people get to kind of look at that in, in a certain point of view. And, um, you know, in a, you know we all have those movies. You know, we got, you know, good good full circle. And we, you know, we opened up and talked about go-to movies, you know, while you're, you know cooking carrots in the background or something or, you know, you're doing whatever. And you know, what movie do you want on in the background or how, what movies can you watch 10 times without getting tired of it? And what movies, if you're flipping through a, you know, like a, like a regular TV or a digital cable and it's on that you flip on and you're going to watch it. (laughs) It's like, you're compelled. You have to watch your movies if they're on. Uh, And then now with streaming and DVD, like, and and you can just go right to it. And that's, what's fascinating. You don't have to like troll the guide you know, to find out when something you like is coming up and we have instant access to the stuff that makes us feel good. Yep. Um, which if you edited that out, that just sounds like, you know, <laughs> but, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, don't know anything about that world. I am not, I don't know anything about it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, movies are important. Yes. And I don't know if we went to, I think we go in cycles and I think some movies are, are, are important.
4: Well cool. we loved having you on man um, I'm gonna shoot you We'll shoot you over an email I guess Matt I'm usually the one contacting But this time it was Matt Way to go Matt I yeah. love it man, we, we, I, Honestly it was, it was great We had a blast yeah. talking to you And I'm really thankful that you came on the show We really appreciate it yeah.
0: That's good hopefully you hit record
1: Oh shit <laughs> Oh my god You're listening to the mixtape And now Back to the show
4: So there you go. You got to listen to myself and Maticus. made complete fools of ourselves to Andre Gower. But it was worth it because he was awesome. Yeah. We, we had a really good time. So,
3: Jay, did you finally get a chance to pee?
4: Uh, you mean after the interview? So Yeah, yeah so yeah. what he's talking about okay. is, okay, we usually do an interview, yeah. and it can be anywhere from like 20 minutes to an hour. It just depends on the guest, and, but we've never really went that far over an hour. So I'm on my way down to do the interview with Andre, and I grab a <laughs> apple juice on my way down. And I like drink the freaking thing while we're interviewing him, thinking, you know, it'll be an hour. And I don't I don't know about the rest of y'all, but when I drink apple juice, I'm going to have to pee soon, right? It goes yeah. right through yeah. me. Yeah, well, it, it ended up being three hours, and for the last two, I was holding it. Well, Matt gets up in the middle of the show. As
2: was I. And went <laughs> we to the bathroom,
4: pee- but we didn't even know he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's like. Apparently, he sent I, a... I
2: even told them in the chat. <laughs> we weren't. We hey, were listening. I'll be to right him. back, guys. And yeah,
3: I wasn't even on mm-hmm. the interview, but I had to pee. Yeah,
4: that's <laughs> how long <laughs> that's how long yeah. it took. It made me pee in my eyes. We like,
2: hey Kevin, we're about to start recording. Don't pee. Hey, hey. Okay. We'll tell you. We'll tell you when it's okay.
4: So, hey, Kevin.
2: Okay yet? And then yeah. we just never
4: did. You want to be? You, you want to be real me. jealous? Yeah. So you know. We met Sean Aston and I he can make people honorary Goonies and I really wanted him to make me an honorary Goonie, but I you know have that chance. But but uh Matt and I will we're we are wow tear this shit. Hey
0: this is Andre Gower and you're listening to the Mixtape podcast and Jay and Matt are in the goddamn club.
1: Yeah,
4: well,
5: yeah. Oh, yeah, we are. That's yes. my new ringtone, guys. Sons of mothers. <laughs> that's my new ringtone.
4: <laughs> that's right. We're in the club. Sorry, Skiznot,
2: you got bumped.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, understand. Hey, Skiznot's I mean, going to be fair. And I know <laughs> he listens to this, and that's good. Uh, he's he's going to be on the show. Uh, things have just been a little hectic. Well, luckily, we've had uh, content. Of course, we didn't have a show go out the week of the 4th of July. Sorry guys, it was also my birthday, so it just uh there was a lot going on that weekend, a lot going on.
3: And it was America's birthday. Murka. America, yeah. Fuck you, Murka. America. America Eating my lunch and drinking this beer. <laughs> okay, go ahead.
2: All right. That's not where I thought he was going with it, but okay. I think there's a more iconic you know,
4: Song. no no there's not not now eating my yeah. lunch and drinking Sorry this beer America. is yeah. the Sorry fucking America- best America song I've ever heard in my- America <laughs> eating my lunch and drinking Shitting
2: this fireworks right after pickles have been consumed with my lunch like what are you singing <laughs> are you just making shit up what are you <laughs>
5: singing
4: oh god okay, I love you guys uh, <laughs> oh there we go <laughs> You're welcome, Andre. Yeah. (laughs) You guys should be checking him out, following him online and shit, because Andre and Ryan Ryan Lambert, that would be uh, Rudy, for those of you who do not know, uh, they actually do a lot of shit together. They kind of do all conventions, like, joint, so they go together to, like, all the conventions and shit. So uh, pay attention, because they do hit up conventions, and you could meet them both. So I recommend going online and paying attention to that. After you go online, check out our website because on our website, that's where all the cool shit's happening. We told you about that before so I'm not going to go into it again. Just go over there to the mixtapepod.com.
3: We got pastry crack.
4: Yeah, the link will be in the show
2: notes. It'll be right. I
4: would like one of you guys to go over to the website. You'll find the recipe for pastry crack on the front page. Make it and then let us know.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Let that's
4: us true. know what you thought. Take pictures, send them over, let us know what you thought.
2: Take it until and afterwards. Right? <laughs> yeah. You'll need it because you got yeah. the
1: sugars. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get your double leg amputation. Off.
4: Hey, uh, the other thing that happened So last weekend was my birthday. It was also murka's birthday and it was also Kevin's family reunion Time
2: for lunch apparently yeah.
4: and the coleman yeah, family man. reunions are a big big deal it's like an all-weekend thing i missed out on that yeah, one. yeah. there's
2: oh, a parade
3: an honor guard uh, and it's, uh, karaoke
4: <laughs> there was karaoke and i tell you yeah, what there was karaoke yeah you were posting those the karaoke videos and i'm telling i'm telling you 100 man if i didn't have things going on that weekend i would have called you and be like i you need to invite me i want to come to the karaoke because you're i don't who was that was that your cousin, uncle? What I don't know. Uh,
3: that was uh, my cousin, cousin uh, singing. Pr- he was singing
4: Prince and, and shit. I'm like, ah, oh, this it's dude. Not in Kentucky. This dude. Yeah, he was he was singing freaking Purple Ring. He's bringing it. I'm like, this dude is the life of the party. Like, that's all I knew is this guy was the life of the party. So that
3: was oh, my uh, cousin, cousin t-
4: Tommy. T-shirt. Was great. Did, so oh, yeah. your family's way fucking cool. The Colemans are cool, man.
3: Thank you. I uh, Kevin time does... you white people know
4: this. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't we've told the story to each we, other I don't we did have get
2: invited yeah. to the party this Have year. I ever told it,
4: it uh, on they didn't have it this year I don't know if I've ever told it on yeah, the, the show white party? Right have I, I, have I ever told that on the show I've, We've talked it? about it Oh, Talk, I don't think so I'll tell it real quick so uh, one year Kevin comes to me and he says Casey comes up to me and he's like hey man my family reunion's coming up I'm like okay he goes <laughs> I want to invite you to the white party Friday night. And I look at him, I'm like, is that like, is that like you got to bring a white person? (laughs) He's like, no, we all wear white. And I'm like, oh shit, well, I don't know how it works. All I know is if that was in reverse. And yeah. <laughs> we're like, we have to invite a black person. and be like, oh no, I'm not going to that shit. <laughs> like, I know how this ends, and it ain't good. <laughs> I've seen that fucking movie. Jeez.
2: It's sort of it's like Get
3: M- Out, but reverse <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Reversed, Get Out.
2: It's called Come In. Yeah,
5: right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. you no, know,
2: I didn't uh, know he. Cause, dude, your family reunions
4: are fucking epic, like weekend long. My family reunions were always like two hours in a park with some Kentucky Fried Chicken and people that didn't talk to each other. And Kevin, dude. they've had like fucking jazz singers. And and they, they go out on boats And like just all we kinds just, of shit
2: We just cancelled one because gas prices Were too high <laughs> Kevin, am not even joking and that, is Kevin, not a joke. that is 100% real
4: And Kevin designed well, I, fucking t-shirts that they all wore Yeah,
2: We're all well, like the, mm, God I don't want to drive the 20 minutes to see you Because gas <laughs> is expensive <laughs> Kev, I Well have the a, thing
3: is uh, This year's reunion was scaled back a lot I, Usually we're okay. expecting way more people
4: How many people were there though?
3: Uh, it was about like around, I would say between
4: 40 to 60. Dude. That's scaled back. What the hell? And he's not okay, lying. That's
2: scaled back. Meanwhile, mine was like 15. <laughs> people, 15, maybe. Maybe, maybe. And we all were like, no, it's too far.
4: There's a couple of cousins that, that wander in for yeah. like 15 minutes and then leave. They eat, they eat like they.
3: And I mean, damn, I. Uh my family's like from Washington D C. Right Georgia, New York. Oh my God. You know, I mean,
4: and they don't and it's like, not always North in Carolina. Cincinnati. It was in Cincinnati this year. But it's not. Yeah, they go all they go all over like, the place, man. Yeah,
3: all over the country. I know. It will be awesome if we can get it, you know, international. Cool, that man.
4: would be cool. That would be cool. possibility. Dude, I'm telling you, man, the, I've met the these Coleman's people from Scotland. Um, over. We were at we got Dutch his, Coleman. We were at his uncle's birthday party. We went to his uncle's birthday party and uh I'm like these. I, I want to fucking be adopted by. I mean, I love being a Cadill, and I love my dad, but I kind of want to be adopted <laughs> by the Colemans, and they—they're all fucking great. Like they treated me wonderfully. Kevin's family will treat you like gold. Like when you walk in, it's like, oh, you're friends with Kevin. You're fucking family. End of discussion. And I'm not kidding, yep. man.
3: I'm probably the worst Coleman that Jay's met. So, <laughs> it's true. <You> know? <laughs> I'm a real asshole. <laughs> and you've met him, he's yeah. great. So, he's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I was like,
2: "Wait, what?" Yeah, hey, I was, I was at
3: this family reunion or I'm at this Yeah, random people just coming up and hugging me. <laughs> and uncles and, you know, aunts, you know, give Jay a hug. I just flip him off for no reason.
1: Cuz yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous.
2: <laughs> like, Up here's
1: Jay <laughs> oh, I'm God. the bag Coleman <laughs> Kevin number two <laughs> says fuck you me. Kevin number two comes through
4: <laughs>
1: oh, God. I'm
3: the white sheep of the family <laughs> <laughs> the, white
1: the white sheep of the family
4: That's just normal sheep most of the time
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're not as rare
1: but we're, we're still
4: kind of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Ugh. All right, so everybody, please go over. Like weird. I said, leave us a review uh, if you get a chance. We would appreciate it. Share the show; that would be awesome. That'd be really great. Hey, you guys it have been awesome. Five
2: stars, unless you can do ten. So
4: <laughs> yeah, and then do nine. which would be weird (laughs) no uh we really appreciate everything you guys have been doing please send some feedback we we love that shit um yes i haven't really we don't really include a lot on the show because we don't get a ton if we got more we would do like a a little segment here and there oh and hey uh stick around at the end of this but there'll be some supplemental coming out this week not a normal episode it's a twisted kid but it's a little different than a normal twisted kid we're actually going to talk a little bit about the monster squad with our friend Derek Cook from Monster Kid Radio. He sat down with us for a little bit. We talked about the Monster Squad with him. So that will be coming out later this week as kind of supplement to this. Uh, please go check out everybody we talked about here on the show. Give them a listen. Make sure you follow Andre online. What am I forgetting? Don't let me forget. Oh, I just had a birthday, so uh, I forget all kinds well, of shit. Well, fans
2: got nerds. Check that out. Go
4: watch it. Just don't watch it on Tubi unless it's the only place you can. Yep.
2: Uh, yeah, let's
5: go ahead
4: and end this episode because you know, we don't want to carry too long and we had an hour long interview, uh, but stick around. We will let you guys know what's coming, uh, down the line. We do have more interviews. As we told you earlier, we've got actually a couple really cool people lined up and we've got more regular episodes coming out too. So let us know what you guys want to hear instead uh, your mixtape podcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, go to, uh, Tape Worms fans of the Mixtape Podcast over on Facebook, and of course TikTok is out there as well. I think that's all we got for you guys. So I got
2: one last thing. Ooh. Shout out to my wife, who's been getting caught up on all the back episodes and has been giving me updates. And uh, yeah, that's, she she thoroughly loves the show. That's a trooper and, right uh, there. Because some of those I early ones, <laughs> she even listened when I was not on the show.
4: Some of those early ones. Woo! Yeah, rough. <laughs> she literally tripper. started from the beginning
2: yeah. and went through and she's like there's only a couple that I didn't listen to because it wasn't a topic that I was into so,
4: those were our best ones
5: probably. yeah <laughs> you missed hurt. out i'm, just I'm curious. Curious. like oh you got to
2: go back and listen to that one about, well,
4: she and now she gets to hear that we talk about her a lot but nothing bad we just yeah. talk about how yeah. poor thing always wanders in and watches the crap movies that you watch yeah, yeah.
2: and, and
3: you on only, one of those episodes i do like a 15 minute you know jazz slide whistle yeah <laughs> <blow up>,
4: <laughs> She hates so the slide I, whistle.
2: I gotta say this because uh, she'll she'll know what I'm talking about. Anytime I watch a movie, like I'll just start a movie and watch it, mm-hmm. and it's not something that I would typically watch, whether it be a recommendation from somebody else. She'll just turn and look at me. She goes, "Were you assigned this for the show?"
5: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'm like,
2: no, I just wanted to watch it. She's like, "Okay." Like we watched Encino Man and two. She, she oh, thought I, was I love that show. movie. We should and watch I was like, that. No, I just wanted to watch Encino Man because it's <laughs> That's great. How it was on. Actually, was on two. Fucking Brendan Fraser
4: and. No yeah uh, sean Aston. That's, that's really all you need and Polly shore um Polly shore in there for well that's great connie we love wow. you and we're glad you're listening we, yeah. we, yes. we, yes. we love having you listen thanks so. for
2: putting up with me being in the basement period. thanks for put putting up with all of us honestly head. so true all right we all kind of suck sometimes <laughs> we do we i don't usually
4: i don't usually do anything to piss her off but i do piss <laughs> no. off other people so. yeah uh so that's it guys we appreciate you listening and uh, I think until next time we speak to you guys, remember to always stay, stay awesome, Muslimah.
3: Awesome. <laughs> Quality. <laughs>
2: There is going to be a second episode after the fact where all of us and a, a guest are going to come on, and we're actually going to yep. d- discuss the, the full movie. The
1: full Monster
4: movie. Squad. You know, we're just going to so. talk oh. about Monster Squad. Yeah. So we do. Okay. We do. Gotcha. Uh,
2: gotcha. We do special episodes of the show called Twist Kid episodes, which, uh, uh-huh. which is which a, a throwback to our, our films from our Twisted childhood. Radio. Yeah, that
4: made us the Twist a gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. we are. Yeah. It's
2: basically awesome. uh, Basic concept of that show was, you know, the weird movies that we watched as kids. It turned us into the messed up adults we are now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, uh, if for... you had to
0: pick the top two films, oh god, that are the thing. Like, what are the first two? that pop. I know. I'm sure there's to the the top
2: 28, but... a top twenty eight. Peanut butter solution. Top two already. <laughs> yeah. Butter What's solution your top two? Yeah. What butter is it? Solution. The peanut butter solution. The peanut butter solution. <laughs> okay. It, and that's exactly where you should leave that conversation. Yes. Okay. Oh. Okay. And just move on. Yep. Have you seen yeah. it? No.
4: Canadian uh, film from
2: the eighties. It is
0: woo. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, I, I know what movie it is. I just yeah.
2: Canada mullets, jean jackets. Yep, uh, <laughs> that is the the one movie that I describe it as a Stefan sketch from Saturday Night Live. Yes, uh, in in movie form.
3: Okay, uh, so and the other? on
2: there. And my personal second one would be the villain, which I still have not um, seen.
4: Oh, uh, still with, the, uh, with uh, yeah.
2: yeah. If you haven't seen that one, it is basically a live-action Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote cartoon with Arnold Schwarzenegger take- as the Roadrunner and Kirk Douglas as Wile E. Coyote. What? But it's an old Western. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Kirk Douglas, oh my and Anne Margaret. It's oh my from God. The, the late 70s. Yeah. That's um, insane. I, yeah, I got to so, see that. It's really that. fun. Uh, I found it in a $5 dump bin a while back at Walmart yeah. in the DVD. <laughs> And J- Jason, what is are, what
4: are sure, your? Oh, peanut butter solution is is right at the top of my list. Um, it was a movie I watched a lot as a kid. I actually subjected Matt to it, and uh, yeah, first yeah, episode he's like, "What show. in the world?" Um, he, and
2: subsequently, he's sub, he's subjected my wife to it, who was not my that wife was at the an time accident. and somehow still married. I her.
4: didn't tell her to watch <gasps> it. I didn't say. Yeah, that she, she kind of
2: wandered into it. the room and was just like, "What the hell?" for me there're
4: there are a lot yeah. I was a big fan of like full moon movies and stuff as a kid so like I watched a lot of those like cheesy horror flicks um but there were there were a lot of those growing up that kind of messed with my head but I watched them all the time um I I would definitely say believe it or not maybe not so much although it's on there uh, troll the first troll uh, oh yeah and uh, okay. and a movie do you remember the movie Chud Cannibals. sure yeah that, that yeah, was yeah. one of those that scared the crap out of me as a kid but i watched it you know so, so. yeah
0: yeah there's yeah. a there's always a handful everybody's got a couple that really that they probably saw too young whether it was right. a horror movie <laughs> or a, a,
4: a crime movie or something yeah it's yeah we all have those so the, yeah. those are always fun yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a good time or or not